Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. We have a very important episode today. Hey guys, so here we are, just a few days overdue. I told Angie. <laughs> yes, I'm still here. <laughs> I told Angie, I go, hey, we could just pop on real quick and say, hey, she's having a baby and contracting while we're doing the podcast. So it's just go listen short. to the other 127 episodes if you've missed any, uh, because they're still relevant. But Angie's such a trooper. You came back and said, no, we got to do something relevant for today <laughs> we got to keep serving right. keep it keep it alive keep you getting some goods so we just prayed actually uh that we would have the energy and we would have the clarity uh to be able to serve you to give you something that would be valuable and so we pray that it is and we pray that's well received and that you can implement if you just implement one thing from this episode it could make a big difference you know and i would even say that 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 would actually be a good courageous parenting challenge for any episode is if you just were able to be introspective and pick one thing that maybe is challenging or convicting or uplifting, encouraging something that you don't do that you need to do, or maybe it's something that you are doing that you shouldn't be doing. Just implement that. And if you're a first time listener, um, Angie's due date was three days ago. Is that right? The 21st. So if you haven't been following along with number nine, so yeah, you're amazing. Wow. <laughs> Just incredible. Just a little tired today, but I am hanging in there and doing good. Yeah. Babies are born when they're supposed to be born. It doesn't bother me to go overdue, really, other than just the physical feeling of tiredness and yeah. moving around and stuff gets harder. So the title today is Don't Let People Pleasing Destroy Your Family. You're like, Isaac, that's so dramatic. You you have such a strong, booming voice. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what a dramatic title. But it's real. It's real. Don't let people pleasing destroy your family. It's a slow erosion over time. It's, uh, it's one decision after another of pleasing people over God's righteousness or pleasing God mm -hmm. or pleasing just doing what's right because mm -hmm. you're afraid of what people think. It could be even the minor small things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's how many parents, here's one for you, how many times in parenting do you intend on saying no to something that your kids ask you to do, but you say yes because you just don't want to deal with the conflict. It's people-pleasing. It's actually a false sense of peace that you're seeking after. It's not actually peace, it's tranquility. We talked about that in one of our previous episodes on um, Peacemaker, which you got to go look that one up. You do. Um, but I will say that there is a huge challenge for parents today to not be people pleasers. In Galatians, it says, For I am now seeking the approval of man or of God. Or am I trying to please man? 
If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So literally it's saying if you're trying to please man, if your decisions are based on pleasing human beings, Mm -hmm. then you're not being a servant of Christ. We have to remember too in all of this, I don't I that the God's word warns us that man looks at outward appearance when only God can look at the heart. And so when people have judgments against us or they say things like, oh, you're being overprotective or different things like that, they may just be, you got to realize they're just looking at the outward. They're just looking at the no, you can't go over there or whatever. They're not, they're not looking at the why behind your no, which has been potentially prayerfully thought out and sought after God to Mm -hmm. say whether you should let your kid go to a Christian camp or not, for example, right? I'll just use that as an example. There are so many pressures that parents have today. Mm -hmm. I've often called it parental peer pressure. Yes. Parental peer pressure. And so, you know, I want to talk about that for just a second because the first point in this um, podcast is don't be a people-pleasing parent. Now, before we dive into it, though, we so appreciate you being part of the One Million Legacies movement. Uh, you are so encouraging to us. And by the way, more and more, we're getting so much feedback on the Parenting Mentor Program and how it's even more relevant today than it was when we first started mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it really is. It really, God give us inspiration uh, and direction, mm-hmm. and it's chalked with biblical truth, but practical to mm-hmm. today's issues, uh, raising all aged kids. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what season you're in, it will help you. And it also helps our ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so go to CourageousParenting.com for all show notes, free resources, free workshops, things like that. Uh, but also the some of the paid things uh, like the Parenting Mentor Program, Homeschool Blueprint, and so forth. Um, if you're homeschooling, that homeschool blueprint's amazing too. So that is how we are able to do full-time ministry and, uh, is through the sale of courses and generous donations, mm-hmm. uh, which is how we incredible. are able to keep the podcast free. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. So we really appreciate those of you who have partnered, partnered with us. Absolutely. So let's dive into that point one, honey. Okay. So don't be a people pleasing parent. This and can th- mean a lot of things. You're talking about peer pressure, parenting peer pressure. Yeah. So, I mean, don't be a people-pleasing parent. Some people might th- go automatically to one thing, which is don't be one of those parents that is so focused on being a friend that you're not actually parenting and you don't say no to your kids ever, right? Some people yeah. will think it means that, which we will dive into that because that's part of it. But there's another aspect of this where it you could potentially, if you're people-pleasing, and let's say there's neighbors. They maybe are not walking with the Lord. They're having gatherings, whether it's birthday parties, sleepovers, mm-hmm. um, kids that want to go shopping at the mall together. I list, think of anything, okay, where there's potentially, you know, young kids or teenagers unsupervised in some kind of way. And you're just kind of going, I don't know them very well. So in your gut, let's just say in your gut, you're like, I don't know if this is like the wisest decision. I don't really know that family. I don't see a lot of fruit. The kid struggles with, I don't know, cussing or something, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you see one thing or they watch too much TV or they are on, they have their own iPhone or, you know, there's so many red flags that parents could potentially have today. Pick one thing. And here, maybe you feel pressured 
do people please because of other parents who are all letting their kids, they're all saying, yeah, go ahead and go do that. And you're the one that's like, I don't know. I just don't feel good about this. Or maybe something's happening in the youth group uh, that you've heard about, or maybe you need to hear about the things that might be happening in youth group. And you're getting pressure um, from your kids to go to all the functions and things. And maybe your gut is telling you that some of those influences aren't the best. Right. And so there's a few things that, you know, while it could be either, it could be any of these, right? What is people pleasing to you? As a parent, you need to actually sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil, if if nothing else, and, and ask yourself, what areas do I feel like I'm pressured to people please in my parenting? It yeah. might even be family members. There could be pressures from people, um, from in-laws, from grandparents to let their kids spend, you know, spend part of the summer with them or to just spend the spend night, the night or not comfortable with that, you, you, you know, and Hey guys, I just have to say like, we go into this way more in depth than the parenting mentor program. We're not going to go really deep into this. Um, and we're not saying that you have to do exactly what Isaac and Angie have done, but these things are not just cookie cutter. Oh, my parents let me, so I'm going to say yes. No, you actually need to think about these kinds of things. You need to be prayerful. You and your husband need to be in unity and you need to really evaluate what fruit comes from saying yes, what fruit comes from saying no, Mm -hmm. and you need to make a strong unified decision together. And it has to be apart from trying to people please. Yeah. Like you can't make your parenting decisions in a way that's going to make your parents be pleased. Okay, you have to do what is going to please God. And so as we're going through our points today, Isaac mentioned in the intro and he used a great scripture verse in Galatians 1.10 that makes us all reflect. Am I trying to please man or am I trying to please God? So it comes down to the moments. There's so many moments where we're either pleasing God or pleasing people. And it's the accumulation of your micro decisions in moments of pressure that make a massive difference over a long period of time. And if you don't want to look back and have massive parenting regret, then you need to choose well in the moments that you are parenting. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're exhausted. Sometimes you just want to give in because Mm -hmm. you don't want to deal with, maybe if you have a little bit older kids, you want to deal with the long conversation that you know is going to happen or the conflicts can happen. We know all about that. Yeah. And, um, in giving in to them doing something that's less than the best. And if you let people do something that's just a little bit less than best over a long period of time, it equals accumulated disaster. Mm-hmm. And, or it could. And so right. your little micro decisions make a difference. Yeah. So ask yourself, don't be a people-pleasing parent. This is what we're talking about right now. Do you make your decisions in parenting to please other people? That could be neighbors, parents of your kids' friends, your friends. Oh, it's going to cause conflict if I don't let them do this. Brothers and sisters, youth pastors, other people in your church. Okay. Don't forget who's the pastor of your family. Parents are Mm -hmm. the, I mean, husband should be the head pastor and you're leading together. Mm -hmm. And it just should be this amazing thing that usurps other authorities. Right. So this is the thing. When you're evaluating and 
and you're asking yourself that question, do I tend to make decisions that please other people or do I tend to make decisions based upon wanting to please God? You need to know what God's word says. And what if one of... It's a challenge. Oh, you need to know the word, yeah. You got to know the word because we're going to talk about righteousness in a little bit because that's a huge point in this. Um, But you can't, like, guys, there's no equation to parenting every day. We've been doing this 20 years and we still get new questions. We still get new scenarios that we have to go, wow, we've never experienced this before. What are we going to do with this? How How do we navigate this one? And we have to take time to be quiet and still and ask God for guidance before we get into his word and we have to pray about it and we have to really try hard go okay what does God's word say and try to recall scripture so that we know where to go for guidance and if we're having to do that 20 years in you you have to do that yeah like we can't just none of us can rest on our loyal laurels and go oh i've been a believer my whole life or i went grew up doing sunday school and i read through the bible four times in my life or whatever you're potentially saying open the bible today the stuff in the past thank goodness you did it it impacted where you are today but don't stop like a friend of mine recently said familiarity um creates uh, laziness. He said it a little different, but that was kind of the gist of it, which is mm-hmm. the things we're familiar with, we're neglecting often. Mm-hmm. So if we're familiar with the Bible, like we've read through it a few times in our past mm-hmm. and, and we're like a little bit like confident about that. And we know where to go. And we know where things, the books yeah. in the Bible are. No, no. Are you currently reading the word? Studying it yeah. and seeking God for guidance. And so and be, I'll just be honest with you, parenting is like a the perfect boot camp for needing Jesus and his word every single day. Isn't that an amen? Like yeah. there are so many times where you just go, I I I don't know. <laughs> you gotta ask God. No, so. there's there's something else that happens too. Sometimes one of the spouses has a friendship and they have kids and maybe the kids aren't the best influences on your kids, but you value your friendship so much that you have your kids hang out together. And this could be something where selfishness could be causing, you know, um, your kids to be corrupted by other kids with bad character. So you have to yeah. think you have to think through that. Now we want to be lights. We don't want to isolate and these kinds of things. And so I think it's prudent to uh, not sacrifice your kids, but to, to pray for that family and those relationships and, mm-hmm. and to give feedback. And if that feedback and helpfulness is received, as long as you're doing it in love, if it's received, then you keep moving forward together. But if it's not, mm-hmm. then you might question, am I really, am, where's this friendship going? Mm-hmm. And is it really good for my whole family? Is it just good for me mm-hmm. or is it good for everybody? It's interesting. I know where you're going with this. You're speaking from personal experience because I had a friendship that I really loved a lot and um, for many years. And there was a scenario where just getting together with our families and something dangerous happened where one of her kids, um, there was just something that you know, they were playing outside and one of our kids could have been hurt, was not, praise God. But I told Isaac about it. I came to you and I said, hey, this happened. It didn't, you know, it just worries me. And he goes, yeah, you know what? I think that the time we spend with that family needs to be when I'm there, actually. 
you can go and hang out with her alone without the kids. But if mm. the kids come, I need to be there too to help support and to protect. Really. That was a tough conversation, tough marriage conversation, and it was, it it was, um, I was I was clear but loving and mm-hmm. receptive to what you're saying, and yeah. we talked through it. And mm-hmm. is I'm never this domineering, you know. This is the way or the highway. It's no, not the no, way no. I lead. Uh, and I just appreciate that you listen, and mm-hmm. I know you appreciate that I listen to you. And, well, I needed feedback. I mean, yeah. I came to you because I knew yeah. in my gut I felt wrong. Because when, when little kids come running to you and they're like, this is happening, this is happening, you know, yeah. um, and you bring it up, and then the one of the parents is defensive, not acknowledging it when even their children are saying something about it, you know that you need to have a boundary with that family, which is what you're saying. It's a difference between are they receptive and humble and apologetic and actually dealing with it and teaching their kids right and wrong. And if they're not and they're prideful and they're like, oh, no, 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 then you've got a problem potentially. you You know what's beautiful is when you make some of those hard decisions when your kids are young and sometimes your kids don't understand, they're frustrated and, um, in those middle years and, and then when they're a little older mm-hmm. and they have a little more experience with understanding how the world works and being out there, they sit at the end of your bed and go, thank you so much for yeah, making that decision. And we hear that. We have teenagers and we hear and thank yous. adults, yeah. I mean, our three oldest have all at some point, multiple times, said thank you for... I didn't understand yeah, it then, but, but I, I get I it get now it. and good now. job. Yeah. And it was hard though, because in that moment... Not only did we feel like we had to make like the the, the decision, I, I'll just go back to the, my personal testimony story with that. I selfishly didn't want to have less time with that friend. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that that it could end up being harmful for my kids long term, whether that's spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. just relationally. And so I had to be realistic. I had to step outside of my desire to do what was best for my kids, which is actually, you know, I just shared about this on Instagram last week. Um, There are many times in parenting where you have to do that. And, you know, one of the most recent ones was here. I've been wanting to have Austin home with us to Mm -hmm. have the baby. And he really was wanting to grow in serving the Lord and in ministering to other people and wanted to go to this camp. And he had, he was going to be leaving like within a couple days and I still hadn't had the baby. And we had had people praying that he would be home from his previous trip so that I could have the baby and he would be at home. And not that he was going to be at the birth, mind you, but to be with his brothers and And meet him right away and meet the baby right away. And that was a desire of my heart. And I had to sacrifice that to do what was best for my kid. And um, part of that is understanding like and seeking God and stepping outside of your circumstances sometimes and going, what would I, what counsel, what biblical counsel would I give to another mom if she was in the same scenario? So I ask myself that question all the time. And the next question I ask is, if I wasn't in this circumstance, would I be saying the same thing? And so in the case of Austin going to camp, I had to ask myself, if I wasn't pregnant and due right now, would I be advising him to go or to stay or would I be selfishly wanting him to stay? And so I knew I could not give that kind of advice that was not biblical that was selfish right and so which would have been the same in the scenario with the friend where i could have easily easily selfishly said 
no, 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 I want to keep going the way that we're going. But I knew that if I was in a scenario where I was giving biblical counsel to another mom and she came to me with the same scenario, I'd say, yeah, no, you, if you're going to hang out as families, your husband should be there too. Um, and so you guys, there are good questions that we need to step outside of ourselves and ask that will actually reveal if we are being a people pleasing parent mm -hmm. or if we're being a self pleasing parent or if we're being a God pleasing parent. And, um, you know, the next thing that I just want to encourage you guys, and you know, we don't hear this enough today. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Is you got to follow your gut. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit, uh, the way the Holy Spirit seems to activate us is prompting us mm -hmm. and prompting that gut reaction. Is this, because... Um, God, I mean, we're given the Holy Spirit, so we need to trust it. Mm -hmm. And now, sometimes could it be just fear-based, uh, moving your gut and, and uh, anxiety right, that's not right. not needed. You definitely, um, we're not saying follow be, your feelings because that, that's not biblical. No, but we're we're saying walk with the Lord, be reading your Bible, be asking the the Spirit to give you wisdom. And when you are prompted, uh, when you have a gut feeling and you're not sure why, you should trust it. And what we mean by this is if, you know, you just, let's say there's, um, you know, a friend from soccer. I'm just going to make up a story. Let's, let's say your kid is playing soccer or some sport and they make a friend on the team and they want to go over to that friend's house and you go over to talk to the mom or the dad. Let's say the dads are talking and, and they're trying to get to know each other to see if they're going to let their son go over to their house after the soccer game. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to the dad and you just kind of get this feeling in your spirit that you don't really trust the guy yet. You mm -hmm. just, he doesn't seem like minded. He doesn't, you know, go with your gut. That's yeah. what we're saying here. Don't ignore that to please him or him. Instead, pursue the relationship. So it's not like it's a closed door all the way. You need to get to know them. You need to Invite them to your home for dinner. Practice hospitality. Do your best to try to be a witness, to mm -hmm. find out. But don't don't ignore that gut feeling and just let your kid go without you there and hang out because you never know what's going to potentially happen. Yeah, that's good. Okay, point two. Don't be a people-pleasing citizen. Ooh. Okay, so this is something that I don't think we would have ever put in the podcast two years ago, yeah, <laughs> but it's just become really, um, apparent that local government, um, businesses, sports, schools, all the things are pushing parents 
to do things. So let if you have a conviction and you believe it's right and it is righteous, then you should not cave on that conviction. Mm -hmm. If you believe your freedoms are being oppressed infringed. and infringed yeah. for a manipulated agenda that's evil, you should not cave. Or comply. Or comply. You have to train your kids by your example in the small hardships so when they launch in the future and there's bigger hardships, they stand when it's even harder. Because that's the reality. We all know that things are going to get harder. It's biblical, yeah. right? But also what we've all experienced in the last year and a half, we're all going, whoa, a year and a half ago, if someone told me it would be like this, I wouldn't have believed them. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be aware of the ways that we might be a people-pleasing citizen versus a God-pleasing citizen. Well, what if some people are going to think that, let's say, for example, you don't believe in masks. Maybe you do, and that's okay. We're not, we're not being judgy about masks here. But let's say you don't believe in wearing masks, but you do simply for the fact that you don't want some people to believe you're a mean citizen uh, hurting people. Right, because that's been something that people have manipulated as a terminology or belief. And the reality is that you have to model for your kids integrity. So if you're talking to your kids about how bad masks are and then you go out and you wear them, your kids are going to look at you and go, hypocrite. And then are they going to listen to you on anything else? And is that, let's play that forward. Let's say that we, we're teaching our kids that we don't like masks, we don't agree, we don't agree with what's happening. It's manipulated from different reasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and let's extract and so but when we go out, we want to be good Christians and wear a mask. Well, let's extrapolate that forward. I want we want to be good Christians and get vaccinated. Now you might have other reasons to get vaccinated, and I'm not gonna harp on you about that. But if you have a conviction not to, but it's gonna look bad if you're not. See, you can play this forward. What is the next thing after that? Oh man, it just keeps going and going and going because the reality is, is that there is a fight right now between the state and the parent for who actually has custody of children, right? Parental yeah. rights versus what many states are thinking, right? And so it's played out in what they're trying to enforce, what they're trying to mandate, what they're trying to get people to do or comply with. And we we need to understand that again god's word gives us wisdom on every single issue so if we don't know what the right answer is we need to seek him in his word all of his word not just listen to one little meme on instagram and go yeah. oh yeah that makes sense no the bible is the whole word of god yeah so I, i'll just use one example right as far as like um you know asymptomatic people, I'm going to get controversial for a second, taking care of people who are sick, right? So when COVID first happened, they were doing these televideo doctor things, right? Yeah. And people were like, oh, stay away from each other so you don't spread it and all these things. Well, did Jesus do that? What do we know about Jesus? What, what parables and examples do we have of Jesus? He went to people who were sick, he laid hands on them, and he healed them. Nowhere did he say, stay away from me. He went up to the people with leprosy. So do those two things biblically, his do they line up? His disciples did too. 
Exactly. And he told them when he left, he said, I'm leaving my spirit with you and you will do far more greater things than I have even done. Mm -hmm. And so we need to remember all of what God's word says. Loving people is not defined by what your governor says loving people is. By the way, since we're talking about these things, being a citizen, we are very much pro-government. In fact, we just Mm -hmm. went to a launch of a governor race Mm -hmm. here in Idaho, a campaign rally, and getting to know, getting involved. Mm -hmm. and uh, Trying to figure out who we're going to vote for. Trying to figure it out. And so we're very much pro-government. We're just against government oppression on people. Right. Big government that's going to control everything and everyone and everything you do and all your money and... All the things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so the reality, the Bible also says, give to Caesar what Caesar's, give to God what's God's. And that's not just talking about money, you guys. Like, think about that for a yeah. second. So there's, do you see how God's word actually talks about all these kinds of issues, but we have to know it to recall it. So let's not be weak. Let's not be wimpy. Let's be strong because we have a powerful God and we trust him and we have faith in him to be bold wherever your convictions are that you believe are righteous Mm -hmm. and right. And they could be different than what we are talking about here. Right. They could be lots of different things. We're all over the board today on examples. So they could be lots of different things. But do you cave? Do you not stand for your convictions? And your kids are going to see that. They need to see you standing for convictions. Mm -hmm. That's one of the cool things about right now is that there's so much opportunity to stand for convictions. You go, Isaac, that's not fun. You know, it's, it's true. Hard. It's true. But it's there's so much opportunity to do it now, which really equips your kids. It's Our kids building. have been more equipped in the last two years than any other years, that's I would true. say, because yeah. they have done it with us. They have mm-hmm. stood for their convictions and more opportunities to do so than ever before. I'll be honest, some of them have even stronger convictions about these things. And they, some of my older kids have held me accountable at times, too, where I'm just like, I don't know if I have the fight in me today, right? And got to go get the errands done or something. And and, and also be like, no, mom, you're pregnant. No, you're not going to wear it. And I'm like, oh, don't yeah, hurt I'm the not baby gonna, wearing a mask. I'm not going to wear it. Okay. And so there have been things where like, and I share that with you guys, not because of masks. I'm sharing it with you so that you see that. I just really don't want people to ever put Isaac and Angie on a pedestal that we don't belong on. We have weaknesses too. And that's what we're sharing with you guys. Like we experience life just as everybody else does. We're just willing to throw ourselves under the table and talk about some of these scenarios and share with you what we learned, the things that we're thankful that the hard decisions we're thankful we made now years looking back, like the story with my friend. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but also encourage you guys to ask the hard questions that we've been asking that get us to make the right or righteous decision because there's something called right living um, that is often in opposition to everyone around us. Just remember, every decision has an exponential effect. One decision has a positive and negative rippling effects into the future and, and some are unseen. That's why we need God who sees everything to be working on our behalf, to be mm-hmm. prompting our gut, to the Holy Spirit act, activated in us mm-hmm. to to be able to discern what's good or not, even if we don't know the why. And so it's really important these days. Things are changing so fast, rapidly, and you're going to be in community with people with different convictions, and you want to make sure that biblical conviction wins out. 
and that you yeah. stand for truth even in the small decisions, okay? Yeah, so remember that last point was don't be a people-pleasing citizen, be a God-pleasing citizen. Yes. Number three. Number three, uh, leading your family. Um, we don't want to be people pleasers in leading our family. Sometimes, you know what? Um, I'll just give you an example. Sometimes I'm teaching my family the Bible and I get uh, discouraged, actually. I get discouraged because 80% aren't listening. And then I and then I realize, okay, I either need to get better or I need to start at a different time, or I need to discern the situation better. Um, but I need to keep going. Sometimes I just don't want to keep going. And that's people pleasing. It's like, okay, they're not interested. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do it. And, and I have this inner dialogue in my head, literally when I'm teaching the Bible sometimes. And then I just go, no, I just need to do it. I just need to trust God mm -hmm. that his word will touch their hearts and that they'll, they'll, they'll start listening. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of times it's really good. I don't want to give this bad impression, but sometimes that happens, especially if you're getting something going and your family's not used to it. Mm -hmm. So if you're leading in a new way, you have to be patient, grace giving, understanding that not everybody's just going to be looking at you listening. Like you're the Eager. greatest speaker in yes. the world. It's, 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 you know, respect is deserved now you're the father let's say and they should just naturally respect you that's true that's biblical but right. we also should make it easy on them to respect us mm -hmm. and and to deliver and to do our best and so mm -hmm. i think that's really important you got to proactively lead your family and not give in and i i know that um you know we have a great marriage and a way at which leadership happens in our family i'm the pastor of the family and and the head of the family and the leader but in no way am I oppressive, and in no way am I not deeply involving my wife. And we're such a team. Like, she will tell me her gut feeling because she has the gift of discernment. I would say I'm discerning too, but she really has that gift. And I really have learned that how important it is to literally trust it, even if it completely changes our plans, and even if it completely changes who we spend time with. And even if it completely changes our direction, even if I don't have proof or know why. That's true. And, and, I, and I think that part of the reason why it's easier for me to follow your leadership and to encourage you to keep leading and to say, Isaac, you need to make a decision. You need to. I'm going to follow it. Like, you need to, we need to decide. Like, there are times. But part of that is because you do actually ask me. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are marriages where that communication right there doesn't happen. Where yeah. the guys won't ask their wives opinions. They won't like, they don't have that open relationship where the wife feels like she can come to him with her concerns and know that she's going to be heard and that there's going to be action afterwards. And that's something that is, it's a trust that's built over time and history together. Yeah. And so I, if you don't have a history of that together, I just want to encourage you guys, you should be listening to this together because it's something that we didn't have necessarily modeled for us. There wasn't a book that was on no. it that we read. It was something that we learned by trying to live biblically and trying to be a team together. Mm -hmm. And not every marriage is going to look exactly the same. And that's the beautiful part. But we have to realize that leading your family requires not people pleasing. And in today's society, there is a message out there for women that's not biblical. 
And if you want to be a people pleaser, you're going to be tempted to become the spiritual leader in your family as the woman. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the people pleasing message that's out there is this feminist version of Christianity. And it's not fully biblical. You guys need to work together as a team, as partners in your parenting. But just like everything, there needs to be a head, a main leader. And God is very clear in his word about who that is supposed to be. So in Psalms 85, 8, it says, Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. People-pleasing leads to folly. And then it goes on to say, Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That's for respect and reverence for his control and authority in our lives. And then it goes on to say, that glory may dwell in your land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. That's so you, the key. So you can't have real peace unless there's righteousness, right? Righteous yeah. living. And this came, this is just a reminder from our episode on Blessed Be the Peacemakers with Dr. Steve Crane. I interviewed him, and I just mm -hmm. wanted to bring this back into this episode because um, you can't have peace without righteousness. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Righteousness is justice. Now, in Romans it says not, no one, not one, is righteous. We, that's true. It's because we can't have it without the wisdom of God. We can't have it without him in our lives leading us, his spirit. But we are also, other scripture says, to live in righteousness. Mm -hmm. And that is only because God is in us. And we're striving and we towards living. his guidebook is well, telling us to. Yeah, you know? so, so yeah. we should be pursuing righteousness. And that's where you can have peace. And so if there isn't justice, if there isn't righteousness existing, then you can't have peace. And and so people-pleasing is a false sense of creating peace. Mm -hmm. But it's not. The deepest relationships you'll ever have are where you can go deep and hold each other accountable and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and receive corrective mm -hmm. feedback from mm -hmm. each other. I mean, I, I think of... Uh, let's give maybe a couple examples of leading your family in a way that's going to be God-pleasing mm -hmm. versus man-pleasing. One would be in choosing which church you go to. Yeah. Right? Because maybe your kids have developed relationships. They really love the youth group, but you're not seeing fruit in the youth group. You're not feeling connected to people in your church. Maybe your church wasn't meeting. You're feeling this nudge to change churches. I got a ton of messages about this this week since last week's was on building a biblical community. Yeah. So leading your family... There might be times actually where mom and dad are like, we need to change churches and the kids are not for that. We need to change churches. We need to move. We need to uh, shift, jobs. shift friendships, jobs, all these kinds of things. Downsize. Downsize, you know, financial things. And right. what I call it, there's two words I'm going to give you. Positive disruption. Sometimes we need disruptions. Mm -hmm. If you just go along and go with the flow, I guarantee you there's corruption setting in, even in the Christian living that you're around. There's corruption setting in if you never have positive disruptions. If you don't purposely create change that is a disruption for your family that not everybody loves, you're probably not leading as well as you could. Mm -hmm. At least that's my experience. I've had to create many positive disruptions with and the support of my wife. Yep. And, yeah. and it, it looks odd and counterintuitive. And as we look back, we're most thankful 
for the hardest decisions we've had to make. Right, right. That were against pleasing people. Mm-hmm. Because it was about standing up for righteousness and righteous living. Now, I just want to, just briefly, You, you. sometimes I think Christians hear the word righteousness and they automatically go to what they hear Christians condemned for all the time, which is self-righteousness. Right. So I think Good it point. would be an important thing to just distinguish between the two before we close up here. There is a difference between being righteous and being self-righteous. Okay, so the word said that no, no one is righteous. No one's righteous on their own. We're righteous in Christ alone. It is him who washes us that makes us cleansed, right? Because of our sin. The actual Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition for righteous and self-righteous is very different. Acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. More, that is righteous, according to the Webster's dictionary, okay? Another definition that was in there was morally right, meaning correct. Self-righteous is someone who is convinced of one's own righteousness, especially in contrast with the actions and beliefs of others. So you see how one, one righteous righteousness is actually dependent upon a moral authority. Mm-hmm. It's dependent upon a divine moral law. Okay. Self-righteousness is not. It's based upon someone judging, thinking they're better than other people based upon their own actions compared to other people's actions, which is usually dependent upon what they see the fruit from. Right. And what they think is better. Mm -hmm. That's not biblical. No. Okay. And so there is a difference. We are talking about the importance of living righteously, pursuing righteousness. God's word says, be holy because I am holy. We need to walk in light because he is in the light, acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt, free from sin. You can only have that with Jesus Christ. You can only find out what is morally right, not Mm -hmm. lawfully right Mm -hmm. from the word, because you've got states everywhere legalizing sin. Just because something is legal does not mean that it's biblically lawful. You guys, God's word's very clear what is not lawful. We need to pursue righteous living from the biblical perspective that is led by God's word alone. What do you anticipate the laws are going to look like 12 years from now when some of your kids are launching from your home? I don't say that to create fear. No, but we are to be sober-minded, the Bible says. We are to act in wisdom. We are to know and what's true and to follow mm-hmm. true we are told that it's going to get uh, difficult to live rightly mm-hmm. and uh, that we're going to be persecuted and, and some of you around yeah. the world already might be being persecuted mm-hmm. uh, that's just kind of more in the beginning stages we've in, definitely in America. felt an increase of persecution in the last couple of years just even stepping into full-time ministry yeah light light compared to other parts of the world for sure for sure and so I, we just want to encourage you guys that this people-pleasing can destroy your family. It literally can. Yes, our point two on citizenship, maybe you're going, well, did that really need to be in there? It 100% needed to be in there because there is a difference between what government and lawmakers are saying is legal or saying is right or correct. Kids take what is legal oftentimes and they go, oh, it's okay to do that because it's legal. Yeah. So if you're living in certain states, they could literally just think, oh, abortion is okay because it's legal. 
Well, I'm sorry. Biblically, abortion is not okay. It is not lawful. It is sinful. It is murder. And so the, the truth is, is they are completely different. And when you're leading your family, you cannot be a people-pleasing citizen. You can't teach your kids to be a people-pleasing citizen. They need to be biblical. The greatest way to help no one is to try and please everyone. So thanks so much mm -hmm. for joining us. Now, we are to love everyone, though. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. And we should show the, the love of Christ uh, to those who don't know him. Mm -hmm. And that's a completely different subject. But sometimes we're not to please people. And it's not going to be pleasing people to make the very best decisions. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, don't confuse people pleasing and loving. Yeah. They're two very different things. And remember that at the end of the day, at the end of your life, who is the one that's going to be held accountable for your family? You. You. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.